0: Are you recording now? (laughs) This is gonna sound weird. Things are about to get weird. Just get to the murder. I hate summer, which is crazy because, like, we live in the south and everyone loves summer. People are always like, summer is my favorite time of year. Absolutely not. Uh, I live for
1: the fall, and honestly, I fuck with winter. I only like summer like I just want summer like if I want to go on vacation for one week mm-hmm. I want summer for like a week or if I want to get in the pool on a weekend I just like a set one Saturday to be hot and then yeah. go back to a good brisk what like 65 mm-hmm. mm-hmm. more like a 67 I think it's more my vibe. <laughs> yeah like when you go to the beach
0: it's nice to for it to be hot and mm-hmm. the water's warm But I don't like getting into my car in the summer and immediately sweating. Also, I feel like in the South, what will happen is I shower, and then when I get out of the shower, it's so hot that I'm like, I can't tell if I'm still wet from the shower or if I've just sweated, or if it's just the humidity from the air sticking to my skin. Either way, I am wet, and I don't like it.
1: Yes, getting out of a shower into, like, heat is the worst then it's like sweat mixed with water mixed with just god awfulness. Like at the beach, you can't ever get clean. After you take a shower, you go out for dinner that night, you're sweating. St- sweating. Also, you've still got like some
0: sort of layer of like sunscreen or like Salt. salt. Yeah, and people are always like, I got the beach waves. I'm like, no, it's just your hair is, like, just so saturated with no, the salt. No,
1: my hair does feel good at the beach, but, you know, my hair, like, half frizzy, half not, so at the beach, it just kind of gives a little more volume mm-hmm. to where it looks like it's supposed to be that way. Yeah. Whereas, generally, it just looks like I've let a rat go in it and make a nest. <laughs> well, I have very straight hair, so it's very obvious that my
0: hair hasn't been brushed. It does, it's not a look. But, but should, well, let's go ahead and start this podcast. Hey, guys uh, and gals and everyone in between. Uh, this is this is going to sound weird. The podcast where me and Taylor look at, into each other's eyes and talk about horrible, horrible things.
1: Like a big old Sasquatch that smells like poop. This is true. Or a murderer that's just gone awful. Or some ghosties. Yeah. But or there are some nice ghosties. Casper. Is one that I can think of off the top of my head. That is that is one. I don't really know of any other ones. Well, my uh, stepmom used to have a ghost that lived in her house. She called her Granny Ghosty. Sometimes she would put the peanut butter out. She knew she was going to make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, so that's pretty nice.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Uh, I remember me and you went to a frat party in college one time, and...
0: The guy who lived there said that the house was haunted by like the old like house mother.
1: Yes, but I think that, that I
0: think that she was a sweet old lady. So I don't think I think she just sort of like she was kind of like granny ghosty. Yeah, I, I guess she just like went around and was like,
1: clean your room, please clean your room. It smells like garbage. <laughs> got socks that are crusted on the floor. Call your mom. <laughs> she thinks you're dead. <laughs> so. But I'm Taylor. I don't think we said our names. We said our names, but you didn't say who was who. I'm Taylor. Did we say our names? You said me and Taylor look into each other's eyes. Oh, yeah. Well, um, I'm Sydney, Sydney Sutton, and that's Taylor, Taylor Moore. Yes. Um, I don't know. Do you think people um, are good at distinguishing our voices? Because, you know, okay, so sometimes when you start listening to podcasts, it's really hard to figure out who's who. And so I wonder... So if you have a hard time distinguishing our voices or not, I would really like to know because I personally think our voices are very different. I think our voices are pretty different. Also, um, Taylor is the one that
0: always goes, "Brandon, my
1: fiance, <laughs> guaranteed, hundred percent,
0: hundred percent."
1: Anyways, I've been wondering that, so I just thought I just thought I'd bring it up because I'm very curious.
0: Yeah, let us know. Slide in our Instagram DMs. Let us let a hoe know. <laughs> But this week's theme is exorcisms. Yes. Uh, I went first last week, so Taylor, it only seems fitting that you would go first this week. Oh, are you telling me what to do? Mm-hmm, absolutely. Don't tell me what to do. Listen, I will. Only? Listen, I
1: wear the pants in this relationship. What? <laughs> only my dog gets to tell me what to do. When he says he's hungry, I'll feed him. If you say you're hungry, I'll throw a brick at you. <laughs> It. <laughs> okay. I'll go first. Well, that wouldn't work out because I'm hungry all the time. Me too. Just, right. yes, just a last thing. Yesterday, Brandon told me, when I say I'm hungry, like, all the time, he told me, he was like, Taylor, I think that being hungry is just your personality. He was like, I think, <laughs> he was like, I think that you think being hungry is a personality trait, not that you're actually hungry. <laughs> so... Whatever, I was really hurt by that statement because now I'm like, am I one of those bitches now that thinks that liking chicken nuggets is like a thing? Like, you know. When people are like, oh, I eat pizza, I'm quirky. Uh, yes, but I'm like, no, I'm just hungry all the time. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> it's just I'm in a constant state of hungry or, or I'm nauseous. There's no in between. Uh, yes, same. So. Okay. So my story, this is this is what you've come for. Not to learn about whether or not hunger is my personality trait, <laughs> We'll, we'll throw a poll on Instagram, see what the people think. Okay. So, my story. I'm doing mine on, now, this is German name. I've heard it pronounced different ways, but I'm going to say it just more basic, I think more of a basic pronunciation, so I don't sound like I'm trying to speak in a way that I just am not qualified. So, I think it's Annalise, or it could be Annalisa, but I'm going to say Annalise, Michelle. Um, and so, my sources, obviously, all the, uh, first one allthatsinteresting.com, and the name of the article was Annalisa Michelle, the shocking images from the exorcism of the real Emily Rose. Mm. Wikipedia.com, obviously. Never heard of it. Chasingthefrog.com. Now, that website, I don't really know. I found a lot of (laughs) information. It was like they had pulled a bunch of information from other places. And then I also re-listened to the And That's Why We Drink episode where M talked about her. Which was interesting because I, when I went back and listened, the way that I have structured my story was a lot different. So if you've listened to that already, listen to this one too. God, don't just click away. Don't click away. Don't and
0: don't ruin it because I have a story coming up. <laughs> just hit thirty seconds, thirty seconds, thirty seconds until you or get like, to my, however long until
1: you get to my story. Okay, so Annalise Michelle was born in September 1952 in Liebelfing, Bavaria, in West Germany. I should have looked up their pronunciation for some of the stuff I didn't. I fired. Don't apologize. You're fired. Okay. Uh, her family was Roman Catholic. She was raised by her parents, Joseph and Anna or Anna, and she also had three sisters. So she had a family. Shocker. I'm just gonna go ahead and say it now. She had a family. Uh, <laughs> she was born. She was born. Um, the family was devoutly Catholic. Catholic, and she attended Mass at least twice a week. Which, I mean, I guess when I was little, we went to church, like, twice a week. You know, you go on Wednesday for youth group. You mm-hmm. go on
0: Sunday for service. And sometimes in the South, you'll go, like, Sunday morning. Oh, and then you'll go, like, Sunday evening. You'll go, like,
1: Sunday night. But Sunday night, sometimes there's food involved. That's so. true. I'm not a fan of Sunday night. We would go on Wednesdays, though, because they would always have food. And I was like, we eat free tonight, the night, boys. <laughs> this is true. You know, they had, like, a, a sketty dinner. Yes. Um, and so, by all accounts, up until the time Annalise turned 16, her life was normal, you know. She was real religious, but that was about it. She was quiet. Um, well, she turned 16, one day she suddenly blacked out while she was at school and began, like, walking around in a daze. So, she didn't, like, pass out blackout. It was, like, just, her, everything, you know, behind her eyes, it was gone. And so, so like she
0: couldn't remember anything? Yeah,
1: so, she didn't remember, any, like, what had happened. So, that just sounds like when people get blackout
0: drunk. Like, and, drunk, yeah. And then they're, like, doing stuff, and then you're like, oh, you're not going to believe what you did. And they're like, yeah. oh,
1: God. And her friends and family said that, like, when they watched her, it's like she was just walking around in a trance. So, oh. like, you're, you know, kind of like you're drunk, but she probably wasn't really saying much. Um, and one year later, a similar thing happened. She woke up in a trance-like state and wet the bed. And she's 16, which, I mean, you know, when you're drunk, sometimes she might wet the bed. I don't know. <laughs> and her body began to go through a series of convulsions causing her to, like, shake uncontrollably. Oh so, at that point, you know, normal, you would be like, oh, she's having, like, a seizure. Mm-hmm. There, She's, you know, something's going on medically. And so, after the second time, she visited a neurologist who diagnosed her with temporal lobe epilepsy, which is a disorder that causes seizures, loss of men- memory, And the experience of visual and auditory hallucinations. And it's also said that this disorder can cause Jeshwind syndrome, which is marked by hyper-religiosity. So people who are very religious apparently get this if they have this disease. So it's very interesting. Is it? Is it like more like a, a mental state? I think so. Yeah. So, like, if you if you have the epilepsy, I, be, I think what it's saying is you make yourself think that maybe it has like a religious component because okay. of things that happen to you. But who, who knows? So after the diagnosis, she began to take medication for epilepsy. You know, mm-hmm. hoping that it would help her with her episodes. And so she enrolled in college at the University of Wurzburg in 1973. But the medication she was given was not helping with her condition at all. It actually, as the year progressed, it was actually getting a lot worse. And at this point, when the medication was not working, she thought, hey, what about, what if I'm possessed? (laughs) So she thought that she was being possessed by a demon. Mm -hmm. And she needed some help. Yeah. And she kind of thought this because at this point, it wasn't just seizures and passing out. She began to see the face of the devil frequently oh, God. and started to hear demons whispering in her ears saying that she was damned and that she would rot in hell hey, hey pretty mama let me whisper in your ear you're about to rot in hell <laughs> <laughs> and she would hear these things specifically she said like while she was praying Interesting. so like she would pray and these like almost picture them as like intrusive thoughts mm-hmm. that would come in and they would like tell her these things which, that would freak the fuck out of me. Sometimes I don't really understand. Like we've talked about this before. How? What? How do you know if something is your own thought or if it's been put into your head? You, I guess you wouldn't.
0: I don't. So I don't even want to get into this conversation because this this seems very much like when I took a philosophy class and they were like they were like, <laughs> is, they, were like they were like Is this a dream? And I was like, No. And they're like, But how do you? How would you know? And I'm like. I'd, I'd like to drop out of this class, please. Like, I know. I'd like to withdraw from this class.
1: Yes. It's, it'll really take you on a tangent way down the rabbit hole, but I just, I'm not prepared to go down on this Sunday morning. Mm-mm. No, no, not on the Lord's Day. No. Absolutely not. God, no, I know. I know we're talking about this on the Lord's Day. Oh. Apologies. <laughs> so, so when these things started happening, she was, they, the doctor started prescribing her different medications, hoping that it was going to like help. Mm-hmm. Um, but the voices and the hallucinations kept going. She even spent time in some psychiatric hospitals in hopes that it would get better, but it wasn't. So they were trying, like, all the medical stuff. They didn't immediately just jump and say, she's possessed, we figured it out. Like, they tried a bunch of different stuff to, like, help, like, try to fix it, but it weren't working. And at this time, she also started to become very intolerant of Christian, like, objects and sacred Mm. places, such as the crucifix. Which was really jarring for her because she was so religious throughout her life that the fact that she now was being turned off by these people were like, whoa. And, like, in college, people described her as, quote, withdrawn and very religious. So, like, that's her thing. Like, that's her describer is that religious. That is her personality trait. <laughs> Not being hungry. <laughs> And it's one time she went on a family um, trip to Dan Damiano. It was like a pilgrimage to like a religious site. Okay. And when she got there, she was. it was said that she was unable to walk by the crucifix and refused to drink the holy water. And she said that when she like approached the shrine that was there, she said, quote, the soil burned like fire and she couldn't stand it. Oh, God. So she couldn't even step toward it. And... Mm-hmm. At this point, she was, like, more and more convinced. She was like, I'm possessed. Like, mm-hmm. straight up, I got to be possessed. They know no other options. That's exactly what she said in her... <laughs> in German. <laughs> she said it in German. <laughs> <laughs> also, wait, I'm not here. I'm not there yet. Okay. I'm gonna back myself up. Well, back off. <laughs> and so... Hold back. At this point, Annalise, or Annalise, decided that she needed to contact some priests. Because she needed some serious help. And... All the clergy that she talked to, though, initially rejected her. Mm-hmm. And they were like, you just need to go get some medical help. It sounds like uh, like a medical thing. Which she was like, bro, no, it's not. We've already tried that. And they said that even if they wanted to help her, that they would have to get the permission from the bishop, you know, to do the exorcism. And that just wasn't easy. Which I guess, at some point, I was like, well, why can't they just do it? But I guess if you think about, like, the hierarchy in the Catholic Church, maybe getting the permission from the bishop is almost like getting permission that God is going to, like, actually help you during the exorcism, you know? Yeah. Like, you can't just go rogue and think that God's going to be like, all right, I'm down for this. Like <laughs> You didn't go through the, the red tape and protocol, so I can't help you. Sorry.
0: Yeah. It's hard because we – I didn't grow up Catholic, so I, I, I don't quite understand, like
1: – I don't either. The, the structure of the church. Yeah, I don't either. But – But – So, at this point, her condition was getting much worse. I'm going to just give you, like, a little list of some things that were going on. So, she would rip her clothes off her body, just randomly. She would compulsively perform up to 400 squats per day. Her ass would have (laughs) have been rocking. Her ass was banging. (laughs) Those priests were like, damn, girl. She's she's slim, thick as fuck. (laughs) Maybe I should start doing that. I have zero ass. I don't see what the issue was. <laughs> <laughs> um, She crawled under a table and would bark like a dog for two days. She Cut. ate spiders and coal and bit the head off of a dead bird. <laughs> this is just...
0: What? Okay. She... Also, the dead bird thing reminds me of, like, Ozzy Osbourne.
1: It reminds me of when your cat brings you, oh, like, a God. dead bird
0: as a sacrifice. That is... That's too much. Okay. well, she...
1: And they still were like, ah, oh, she's died. Right. <laughs> yeah. Just need some medication. Yeah. Um. So she peed on the floor and then licked her pee up <sighs> off of the floor. God. And she was still peeing the bed at this point. And she said that when she would pee herself, it would feel like something from inside her body was literally like squeezing her bladder and making it like making her pee. Like it wasn't just like kind of oh kinda I like, wake up and I have peed. It's like she can feel it and it just happens. Kind of like I feel
0: like when people are pregnant and they can feel that pressure on their bladder, yeah.
1: they just are constantly peeing. Yeah, and she would also scream for hours while breaking crucifixes what? and like breaking pictures of Jesus and ripping apart rosaries. So we are we have fallen off the wagon. Could at you this imagine? Point. imagine her just fucking up your house. No, I couldn't. If, for I, hours. I don't think I could. I couldn't live with somebody who was possessed. Like, <laughs> I'm sorry. I just believe that if my roommate is possessed, I'm gonna sublease. Look, one time my stepbrother got a concussion at a football game, and I locked the door because I was scared that in his concussive state, he was gonna come into my room and I don't know try to try to beat me with his football pads. <laughs> I just, I couldn't do it. I can't trust anybody who's in an altered, like, state like that. No, no. Now, the concussion, he probably just conked out. The possession? mm Mm-mm. I don't know. I've heard of
0: people who, like, start taking sleep, like, medicine to sleep at night. Mm -hmm. And then they start doing some crazy shit, like, crawling down the halls and they don't know
1: what shit myself um
0: but it's, it's like a reaction to the medicine and wow. people like
1: people will be like oh my god they're possessed sleepwalkers are freaky too i thought the first time my little brother caden sleepwalked i thought he was possessed i literally looked at my mom and i was like we we've got to do something because he did like a creepy laugh and stared like straight through us she was wild and he was like a little kid and I feel like in the scary movies, it's always kids. I would little have sent kids. them back. She was like, Caden, can you tell us your name? He was like, no. <laughs> and I was like, we got to do something. We got to get him out of here. <laughs> Call the police. <laughs> um, okay. And so finally, after searching, you know, for a priest to do this, like, exorcism. Like, at this point, we need it. Okay? We need mm-hmm. it. Um, she found one that believed her. And his name was Ern. I don't know if it's Ernest or just Ernst. Ernst Alt. Um, so, she wrote him a letter requesting his help in 1975, and she said in the letter, I am nothing. Everything about me is vanity. What should I do? She was getting real desperate, and she said, I want to suffer for other people, but this is so cruel. So, at this oh. point, you know, she was saying that she was being possessed. It was, like, a religious thing. Like, she had almost been, like, sacrificed. Yeah. And so, I said that this was indicating to me, yeah, that she was sacrificing herself, like, for others in a religious sense. So, she was like, you know, I'm okay with sacrificing myself, but this ain't it. And she all wanted to help her. He was like, I believe you. And so, he petitioned the local bishop, who was Bishop Joseph Stengel who eventually approved the request, and he granted a local priest, Arnold Wrens, permission to perform the exorcism on Annalise. So I feel like maybe Alt, like Priest Alt, was kind of like a lower-level priest, mm-hmm. and so he wanted somebody else, like a higher-level guy, to come help. Maybe somebody mm-hmm. who's, you know, had a little experience. Yeah. But he said that the the bishop said that the exorcism must be carried out in secret. Oh. And so I'm going to give you a little background on exorcisms real quick. Just okay. like real quick, just so we know what we're working with here. So they've existed in various cultures and religions for a very long time, you know, and they became really popular apparently in the 1500s and the priests would use the term, the Latin term Vade Retro Satana, which meant go back Satan. Um, So that's what they would do to expel the demons from people. And it was officially codified in the Ritual Romanum, which was a book of Christian practices published in like the 16th century. So it was like a real thing. Like it was in a book. It was in. It was codified. So it was real. It wasn't just like some people saying. Some I don't know. Get out of here, Satan! Go on, get. Uh, but by the '60s, exorcisms were very rare in like the Catholic Church, which is why the priests were so like hesitant to grant them because it just wasn't very. It wasn't a good thing to be doing. Mm-mm. And also, about a year before Annalise was requesting one, um, in 1974, William Friedkin's film The Exorcist was released mm. in Germ. It was released in Germany then. And apparently, um, it gave rise to many people saying that they thought they were possessed or pretending to be possessed and asking for an exorcism. So, you know, Elise comes in and she's like, I am possessed. And they're like, whoa, honey. Like, they just didn't want to do it at that time because if somebody really did need an exorcism, you know, they didn't want like a boy who cried wolf situation going on. Mm-hmm. And so, basically at this point, the church was really skeptical about granting exorcisms. Because they're really dangerous and they really only want to do it in very serious cases. Mm-hmm. But my
0: question is, if it's someone's faking it because they just want attention, because yeah. they're like, "Oh, I saw exorcism. <laughs> cool. Would it be dangerous in that scenario? You know what I mean?
1: I guess not. I mean, it wouldn't. But I guess they also didn't want a bunch of people to fake it, and then and then the church be like backed up. With yeah, all these they'll cases. be backed up, or at some point. Maybe the higher-ups in the church are just like, we're going to quit this altogether. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, it's ruining, I don't know, our reputation. Because at some point, a church is a business. Mm -hmm. And so maybe they're going to be like, we're just going to stop. And so then the people that really need it are like, which is kind of what happened here. They pretty much were like, it's a no for me, dog. And then now she needs one. And it was like really hard. Which, I mean... I don't know if it could be dangerous. Maybe if you do a fake exorcism, real demons will be like, Hey, you see hey, this? I'm going to see this I'm as an opportunity. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go ahead and come on in. Um, so back to Annalise and her exorcism. So following the approval of the exorcism by the bishop, Priest Alt and Renz worked together on her exorcisms. So over the next 10 months, they conducted 67 exorcisms, Which would last for up to four hours at a time. Wait, 67 exorcisms on her? Yes. Oh, my God. And they would last for up to four hours, like, at a time. And during these exorcisms, it was revealed that she was possessed by six different demons. my God. So, they were Lucifer, Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. Cain, you know, like Cain and Abel, Adolf Hitler, uh, Nero, Which, I've heard of him. I didn't look it up. I think it was, like, an Egyptian something. I don't know about it. Scratch it. Um, And Fleishman, who was a disgraced priest. Which is interesting because I wouldn't consider, like, Hitler a demon. I just consider him a shit person who died. unless... You know, I mean, I
0: guess it depends on how you view religion. True. Um, Because, to me, I'm almost like, if you go to hell and you were really, like, a really shitty person, would you, like, obviously you'd be suffering in hell, mm-hmm. but, like, could it be that maybe Hitler was being influenced by a demon in real life? True, Like, true. it could be, like, maybe, like, you, maybe Hitler was possessed himself. True. Um, Or could it be that because he was so, such a terrible person on earth that,
1: like, he was able to become a demon in hell? Maybe. I feel like when I think demons, I just think of, like, you know, the typical ones, like, Beelzebub, Lucifer, like mm-hmm. those. Like, you know, the OG demons. <laughs> Which is
0: interesting to me, because uh, Lucifer himself is the the devil. He is so, that bitch. He's that bitch. And I just don't see, like, someone being possessed
1: by the actual devil. I just feel like, wouldn't he I just... Feel wouldn't like, he be too busy? I feel like maybe he was orchestrating the whole thing. Maybe they were like, hey, Lucifer sent us here.
0: Yeah. Maybe.
1: But maybe she was just... Uh, A hot commodity in that world of hell, and they were like, "We gotta have her. We gotta have her. So we gotta get the big man on the job." Um, And so during the exorcisms, all of these spirits were struggle for power, like, over her body. So they weren't really working together, necessarily. They were fighting. It's like a group project, and you've got
0: that one person that thinks they're calling the shots, but this person wants to do another (laughs) thing, and there's just no communication.
1: Yes. And so, and they would communicate through her body with a low growl. Which, okay, so I said I was going to say something, then I was like, actually, scratch that. But now we're back to it. Back to it. So these exorcisms were recorded. Audio was recorded, not visual. And I was listening to it. I did the research before I listened to it, and so I started listening to it. Oh my god! It freaked the fuck out of me. (laughs) It was because it was sounded like. I mean, it sounds like what you hear in the movies. Yeah, but it was real and so creepy. Yeah. and there's also, like, a lot of pictures of her yes, on the internet. Yes, I've seen them. They're terrifying. They are terrifying. And so if you picture that with the sound you're hearing, it's awful. You can look it up on the internet if you would like. It's not It's not a good thing.
0: Yeah, I'm going to say no Um, because I feel like I would need to go sleep in the bed with somebody. Um, if you if I'm going to listen to it, I'm going to sleep in the bed with you and Brandon
1: tonight. <laughs> Alright, sounds good. Which now, I've like looked up so much stuff about her. Like, I started, like whenever I heard the And That's Why We Drink episode, that's when I was like, this shit's wild. Remember I told my mom about it, I was like, you will never believe this. And it freaked me out a lot then, but now I'm a little less freaked out. I want to watch the movie that this is based off of, because I remember, um, I, I know someone that watched it and they were like, I couldn't sleep. <laughs> It's so scary. Exorcisms and, like, possessions are scary. Because I'm like, this could happen. This could happen to me. Yes. Um, and so, yeah, these demons would fight, like I said. And it was noted that people... No, that Hitler was saying, people are stupid as pigs. They think it's all over after death. It goes on. And I'm like, bro, you're the, you stupid, first off. And <laughs> <Whoa>. <laughs> I guess, like... He, you know, he was a bad dude. This makes me think that he was such a bad dude in life that in hell, he is just getting his shit rocked. So, like, the other demons in hell are probably like, bro, why? Like, I feel like he gets bullied. You know what I'm saying?
0: Maybe, yeah, because if you are a shitty person in life,
1: you going to get your shit rocked in hell. Yeah. And then Judas, which I don't know if I said Judas was in her, but apparently Judas is also there. Mm, damn he him. He gets a little sassy. And he says that Hitler is nothing but big mouth in hell. And he has nothing good or real to say. He's <laughs> talking mad <laughs> shit. He's talking mad shit. So basically he was like, don't listen to shit he says. He ain't shit in hell. Um, even though he thinks he is. And also during these sessions, Annalise would talk about dying to atone for the wayward youth of the day and the, like, apostate preaches of the modern church. So basically she still is in the mindset of, I am, like, doing this, sacrificing myself for others. And throughout these 10 months, she would, she started doing these compulsive, like, genuflections which is when you like fall onto your knees and pray, oh, you know. Yes. And she would do them so many times during the day. It was said she did them like 600 times. She broke her kneecaps from kneeling so much in prayer. Awful. Which, oh my God. And there's like pictures of her parents having to help. She, like she wouldn't stop doing it, and so her parents would have to help her like get up and like try to help her go down like more softly so she didn't continue to like bust her legs. And so, obviously her body was taking extreme trauma Mm -hmm. as a result of this. And during the sessions, she was often restrained. And so, it was just bad. And then she started to stop eating. So, she decided she wasn't going to eat. She said she was forcing herself to fast because she believed that it would rid herself of Satan's influence. So, she thought it was going to help. And one night, during the middle of these exorcisms and the continual physical deterioration, she had a vision. And she saw Mary, you know, Mm -hmm. mother of Jesus, Mm -hmm. and she said they walked together and Mary told her that there are so many souls that are on their way to hell that someone must pay penance for them. And she asked Annalise if she would be willing to suffer so the others wouldn't have to go to hell. No. Well, Mary (laughs) told her that she would have three days of peace. And she was going to have to make a decision. And after that, Annalise needed to make a decision on that third day. And whatever she chose, Mary would come and expel the demons from her. Which to me, that makes it seem like if I say, bitch, no, then in that case, you're, you're you know, you're fine. Mm-hmm. Well. And Mary also said that on July, in July, that something would happen to Annalise. So I don't know. If that something could be. I'm like expel the demons out and you good, girl. So Annalise did in fact have three days of peace She was active, happy She was able to like walk around Have fun with her family Which was like not the case She actually ate Yeah I think she may have eaten And by the third day she made her decision And she decided she was going to suffer Why? To save the souls of others Mm -mm. Call me selfish (laughs) Call me selfish I am selfish Because I would not have suffered to save y'all ho souls. Y'all need to do it on your own. <laughs> y'all should have been nicer. Should have been better. Y'all should have not been such heathens in, on earth. And so on June 30th, after making her decision, there was one more exorcism. And at this time, the demons seemed weaker. Father Rance said to them, you must leave. I'll order you to. But the demons were like, no, we don't want to leave. And so he kept working, the priest kept working, trying to cast them out. He ordered the demons to say Hail Marys as he was casting them out so that he would actually know they were leaving. So, like, as they were leaving, they had to say the Hail Marys. Well, what couldn't they have just said it and then just stayed? You know, I don't know. Look, I ain't Catholic, I grew up Southern Baptist. We did not hail Mary there. We did not not get exercised uh, on Sunday service. Exercise exercise wasn't allowed. That's why I got so fat. (laughs) (laughs) And so after this, Annalise wailed out an inhuman scream and babbles. There was echoes, groans, laughs, all at once just like coming out of her body. And at this point, the priest began to welcome Mary into the room As the demons were screaming out of her body and they were finally able to cast out each demon. And after all were cast out, Annalise said, I'm completely free now. Thank God. Well, she died that night. What? (laughs) Yeah. Um, I didn't see that coming. It was said that her last words that she was like known to have spoken to her mother were beg for absolution and mother I'm afraid and the night that she died was it was like during the middle of the night the night that she died was July 1st Mm. which was when Mary said something is gonna happen so yes she she died which is awful because you've been through all this and then now and I wonder if she knew she was gonna die like was that what her and Mary were kind of talking about like, you're going to have to die in order to save other people? I don't know. But then I'm also, like, wondering,
0: did they do any sort of autopsy on her? Like, were they able to
1: determine a cause of death? Because, like, Well, I'm about to get there. All right. So, on July 1st, 1976 is when she died. Um, and Annalise officially died of malnutrition and dehydration. She was only 23 years old. At the time of her death, she only weighed 68 pounds, (gasps) and she had the broken kneecaps from all the genuflections, was unable to move, and had pneumonia. So, I'm going to say that's why she died. Um, And so, this is kind of where it takes a weird little twist. Mm -hmm. So, after um, her death, the story of the possession and the exorcism, I guess it got leaked, and it led to a national sensation in Germany. Her parents and the two priests were charged with negligent homicide. And the prosecutor, like, during the trial said that the death could have been prevented even if they had just gotten her help, like, fed her just a week before she died. Like, so if they were able to get some food in her body, mm-hmm. then she wouldn't have died. Or, like,
0: taken her to a hospital where they, yeah. like, give
1: her something. Yeah, I feel like... Because my thing is, okay, maybe she was possessed. I believe in all of that. But at some point, you are going... Like you're not gonna be able to continue on this path. So why didn't? Which, who knows if they took her to a hospital? Then that maybe they thought they were gonna get in trouble because she looked how she did. Yeah, she had her broken kneecaps which and I, everything. Like, force her to eat, man. Shove it down her throat. Stick a tube in her mouth. I don't care what you got to do. Cause at that point, I don't know what was happening. Because I think that they were trying to say, like, the court was trying to say that they were, the people were forcing her not to eat. Mm-hmm. But then she was saying she was not eating on her own. They were so religious. Maybe they were like, good, honey, keep fasting. It's really helping you. I don't know. Um, I could not have met like, 60 pounds. That's- yes. That's that is it's probably like, like half a, my fucking weight. That is like a child's weight. Yeah, that's probably what. What do you think? I like, haven't seen sixty-eight pounds. So I was probably five. Yeah. I mean, I was a big, I was a big gal, but <laughs> yeah, no, but like, I cannot imagine. Tex weighs
0: fifty-nine pounds. Yeah, so like roughly the size of a dog. Oh, my, that's insane. In that, oh
1: my god, and she was twenty-three years and old. That, it's no
0: wonder that her knees were, were destroyed because there was no there was no meat to kind of. Because yeah. you know, you've heard of like people who are really skinny. Mm-hmm. Um, they end up like they'll they'll take a fall, and like a normal person would just get up. Yeah, they end up breaking something because they're so skinny. there's
1: they're just body like their bones are not protected. Oh, that's awful. And so at the the trial, the court presented the recordings or the they presented the recordings from the exorcisms as their defense. So like the the defendants. Lord, I'm in law school. I can't remember. So, like, the parents and the priests, they presented her the recordings, and they were like, look, she was possessed. You can hear it here. But the doctors were like, no, she wasn't possessed. She was suffering from a very severe mental illness. Mm-hmm. Which, when I talked about that, like, Jess Wind Syndrome, I think that's what they thought it was. She had a mental illness, and then that transformed because she was so religious. It transformed into this like thing. Well,
0: and like sometimes with um sort of mental different mental illnesses, people they they don't eat. That's why they need someone to to yeah. either remind them to eat or to make them eat. Um, like people with dementia, yeah, they'll forget that they're mm-hmm. they haven't eaten, and so they get very skinny. Or um they, they'll eat they'll start eating and then they'll forget that they were eating and they, they'll be like, Oh, I'm done. I'm full. Yeah. So I'm... um so I could see that being an issue but that's why you like some if someone's dealing with that you really need to get them some help.
1: Yeah, in this case it just doesn't make sense as to why everybody in this like like her parents, the priests, why they didn't just like force her to eat something. Or at least get her some help. Take her to a hospital where she
0: could have gotten some help and they could have given her... At least get her on an IV and get her
1: hydrated. Yeah. And so the priests were both found guilty of manslaughter Mm -hmm. resulting from negligence. But apparently the sentence at that time was pretty light and so they only got six months in jail and it was actually suspended, which just ended up in three years of probation. And her parents were exempt from punishment because by German law they had, quote suffered enough already. I guess, I don't know, their child died, which, yeah, but, I don't know. This one's hard for me, because when I first heard the story, when I heard it told on other podcasts, I was like, for sure possessed. But now I'm like, even if she was possessed, let's say she was possessed, because some of this shit's wild. It, Mm -hmm. you know, doesn't necessarily sound like a typical mental illness. There there could have been steps to prevent probably the death. Like, if she had been perfect health, and all this happened, and then she died. That's a little different, but uh, dying at sixty-eight pounds with broken kneecaps and pneumonia—I mean, come on. Um, and so, these events, um, all these exorcisms, were actually the inspiration for the movie *The Exorcism of Emily Rose*, mm-hmm. which was released in two thousand five. And this movie—I never watched it, but I know it focuses like on specifically court. on the court proceedings and that's interesting because I didn't realize that that's what the movie was. I've never watched it. but Yeah,
0: I remember uh, when I was younger, one of my friend's moms had watched it mm-hmm. and she, she said it
1: freaked her out so badly. Yeah, I know somebody who watched it when I was little and because when me and my like stepsister would go get mo- scary movies, we were never allowed to get that one.
0: I Which think, that makes sense because we're from the Bible Belt. Yeah,
1: they probably also thought that that one would really mess us up. Mm-hmm. Um, But Freddy Krueger, you know, was kind of cheesy, so it's fine. We can watch that or like a slasher film. Mm -hmm. But yeah, that was the story of Annalise Michelle. It is terrible. Yeah, that was awful. It is very bad. And there's no light at the end of the tunnel this time. Nothing at all. It was either the devil, which is terrible, or it was terribly untreated mental illness. And I think that the parents and the priest probably should have gotten a harsher punishment than they did. Mm -hmm. Which I haven't... I don't know too much about criminal law yet, but I don't think this was negligence. From what I know, the definitions, this was not negligence. Which, you know... Because, I mean, negligence is like, you should have known... Like, you should have known something was going to happen, but you, like, didn't. But I'm like, you know that if a person weighs 68 pounds... They're not that ain't well. good. That did yeah. not go well. Oh, well, that was awful. Yes. Um, thank you for that. You're welcome. We're starting out this, uh, spooky season real good. Ugh.
0: <laughs> Ghosts and demons,
1: spirits
0: and spooks. What
1: are you doing?
0: I'm recording a trailer for our podcast.
1: Oh my god. If we're going to do this, we have to do it right.
0: All right, I got you. Ever wondered what it's like to see and feel ghosts? Or
1: have premonition dreams?
0: Do you love talking about spirits and spooks?
1: Oh my gosh, now that sounds like a dating ad!
0: (laughs) If you've ever felt like a weirdo,
1: this is the place for you.
0: Okay, that does sound more like us. So grab a drink, settle in for a ghosty good time with your new best friends. I'm Anna.
1: And I'm Jess,
0: host of the Ghosty Girls podcast. Each week we bring you a new episode full of laughs, ghosts, and everything weird. So listen on Spotify, Apple Podcast, and Anchor. And, and remember, remember, there's there no, no goodbyes good-bye. for us. So, my story is on Anna Schmid or Anna Auckland she's known by two different names we'll get into that but let me get into my sources okay i got wikipedia uh i found this lady on youtube named bailey Sarian. i don't know if you ever watched her she is great she does uh like true crime and paranormal stories um while she does her makeup
1: oh. so i've made podcasts
0: you know like sometimes like I-, I can't only listen to podcasts when i'm doing something like working around the house or driving a car you know what i mean but like If you, like, are actually wanting to sit and watch something, she does makeup really well. Have you seen that meme that's been going around where the girl is putting on makeup and she's like, I look scary.
1: Good. That's her. Uh, I don't think so. Which, you know, I don't watch too much YouTube. And what I do watch is mostly, like, uh, ironically watching. (laughs) I really like to watch, uh, anytime I'm doing a story, I like to see if there's
0: any sort of documentary. uh, Because that's just helpful. I like to see things.
1: I'm a visual learner. I don't usually do that just because it takes too much time for me. I can read much quicker and get the information a lot faster than I can watching it. Yeah. But well I'm sorry that I'm sorry I can't read. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry.
0: Uh, And then my final source is medium.com. So let's get right into it. Schmid was born on March 23rd, 1882, in Wisconsin. Oh, this is an old one. It's an oldie, but a goodie. <laughs> <laughs> Both her parents are German immigrants who raised her to be strict Catholic.
1: Mm-hmm. Her
0: mother was very Catholic. However, reports indicate that her father, Jacob, was a womanizer who rebelled against the Catholic Church. And there were also reports that Jacob was an alcoholic who sexually abused Anna. Ooh. But all things considering, she was a happy girl. <gasps> okay. She was. <laughs> Take that out with a grain of salt. <laughs>
1: um,
0: she was very active in church. She had many friends. But at age 14, Anna started showing symptoms of possession. She exhibited revulsion of holy objects, had disturbing, like, quote, disturbing thoughts. Mm. Uh and experienced an inability to enter churches. And when she did enter churches, she would get very sick and experience uh, anxiety and the feeling of dread. Anna would also complain that whenever she laid eyes on religious objects like crosses, she would feel these same feelings of dread or anxiety. And after taking communion, Anna would violently vomit.
1: Ooh, the crackers are just bad, the grape juice went bad. <laughs> they fermented that wine a little, a little too, too much. much. <laughs> um, maybe it's just because she was
0: young and then she didn't even drink a <laughs> uh, and she began talking in detail about how she wanted to commit violent acts towards the priest. And she would go into detail about how she wanted to just kill him and how like how violent it would be. Mm. And she would also take part in quote, unspeakable sexual acts. So earlier when I said that she exhibited disturbing thoughts, I think that the disturbing thoughts were more like sex like sexual like desires. Yeah uh-huh. to think this is the early nineteen hundreds at this point. So a very Catholic a family very Catholic family. So she's just like, I'm trying to fuck. and they're like, No. She's like, hail, hail
1: Satan. <laughs> It's like, yeah, she's doing some disturbing sexual things. Missionary. <laughs> <laughs> so
0: she uh, would have violent outbursts where she would blur out words in Latin, but she wouldn't remember these violent outbursts later. So it was almost like she was kind of like blacking out, mm-hmm. but she would just like have these violent outbursts. And then later she'd be like, what?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I, don't, I don't recall. Uh. This, in turn, caused Anna to become depressed because she thought she was going crazy, and doctors examined her but couldn't find anything physically wrong with her, Mm. which I find interesting that they, like, I guess, like, but at this point, they weren't really, like, checking for, like, mental
1: illness, so they
0: were just looking at her and be like, well, she doesn't have pneumonia.
1: Yeah, I feel like physically there probably wasn't anything wrong with her, but at that point... I mean, they they didn't know much about the brain, yeah. Yeah. Because, like, mine was in, like, the 1970s, so it wasn't, like, great like it is now, but it's definitely had a little bit more knowledge than we would have had in, say, the late 18, early 1900s. Exactly.
0: So, Anna's family decided to consult with a priest. Dun-dun. Uh, they tried to test her reactions by handing her things that had secretly been blessed or splashed with holy water to see if she would react. So they mm-hmm. would hand her a plate of food that had been sprinkled with holy water. And when approached with this food, she would get very, very violent. But then they were like, well, let's test it see if she's just kind of fucking with us. <laughs> so then they tested her by f- splashing her with fake holy water. Mm-hmm. And she was unfazed. So they were like, fuck. Damn it. She's got us. (laughs) She's too good. (laughs) (laughs) So on June 18th, 1912, Anna underwent an exorcism by Father Reisinger, I believe is how it's pronounced. Um... Little was documented concerning the initial exorcism. However, it was believed that this exorcism was successful. Okay. Hey,
1: that's good, hey, right? Hey, good job. We did it. That's fucking good.
0: <laughs> that's the goal. That's what we're going for, right? <laughs> uh, that being said, Anna would continue to have these sort of sexual thoughts throughout the years. God. Uh, God forbid a woman has a thought about sex. <laughs> Um, eventually Anna began to suffer from the same symptoms that she had before. Oh, yeah. She was falling into fits of rage, she would hiss like a cat at food or objects that had been sprinkled
1: with holy water. So, shit was getting wild. Maybe she just didn't like whatever food they were bringing her. They are like, she... you bring me a plate of sardines one more time. I'm gonna rip your ass She's pissing <laughs> at sardines because she's like a cat. Yeah. Or maybe she's that. just
0: pissed because y'all keep sprinkling her food with holy water and the shit is damp. <laughs> she's mean... like, what the hell? This <laughs> bread soggy. <laughs> I know, her
1: fried chicken ain't
0: crispy no more. <laughs> uh, so, shit was really wild. And on August 17th, 1928 father Rysinger was once again uh approached to perform an exorcism uh-huh. on anna and so anna is a little bit older at this point she is closer to 40 so she's oh. been doing you know this the first initial one happened when she was a little bit younger but like at this point she was like late 30s early Interesting. 40s um at this point, Father Reisinger was a little bit more experienced with exorcisms, having performed 19 by now. That sounds
1: like a lot. Yeah, so he's, he's he knows the, sh- the shit he's doing. And where are we at in this story? America? Yes, we're, we're in America. Now that seems, well, I don't know if he did all of them in America, but that seems like a lot. Is he getting the permission of the bishop for all of these? These might be under the table. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, this is his side hustle.
0: <laughs> um, so, but he was considered the go-to exorcism guy. Okay. So, like, if you were trying to get exorcised, you would, you would give him a call. Okay. So, uh, they thought we got the right guy. So, the exorcism took place in Iowa in an isolated convent with the hope that Anna's identity would remain anonymous. You know? So, there, the, it was in Iowa, which there's already not a lot of people who live in Iowa, but then it was kind of off to the side. So, hopefully, I think they were also thinking, you know, if shit really pop off, hopefully people won't be able to hear the demons, screaming, the d- out de- of her demons body.
1: screaming out of her body. They should have so. just done it at, like, an
0: apartment in the middle of town. <laughs> <laughs> just do it in the middle of the street, I think. Yeah! Put it on stage. <laughs> Make it a play. So, the exorcism was reportedly very violent. And involved in levitating oh off the bed um she would howl and she would when she started to levitate she would hang from the frame of the doorway and so they eventually were like mm, this ain't going to work So they they got her back down, uh, and then they restrained her. They they tied her hands and arms to the bed so that they could continue on with the exorcism that reportedly lasted several days. Several days? Okay, you can even say shit. Your shit lasted,
1: like, 67 days. Yeah, but see, how I'm picturing it, though, is that they would do, which maybe they did this here, they would do, like, you know, three or four hours, and Mm -hmm. then they would stop. And yes. then they would like get back to it. So do you think that's kind of what they did here? Yes, they didn't just for I don't know. No, I don't think it's humanly possible
0: for us them to just keep praying for twenty four hours a day for several days.
1: yeah, you, you're probably right. They yeah. had to eat at some point. <laughs> I had to give her some damp fried chicken at some point. <laughs> uh, and during this time
0: of exorcism, she refused to consume food. So she wasn't eating no fried chicken. Oh, okay. Um, she would vomit foul debris
1: Ew.
0: that appeared to be like tobacco leaves. So I'm thinking that there must have been like chunks of it. Um, you know, I'm thinking like those big brown leaves that mm-hmm. kind of dried out. And her lips... Head and face became very swollen, and her body would contort to impossible manners. So, think about, like, I'm thinking about, like, when people, like, start, like, crawling on their back and shit like Like that. the
1: upside-down crab walk. Yes, I hate that. Where their head goes, like, up and under their body and out the other side. Yes, exactly. So, very
0: scary. During the exorcism, Anna spoke in multiple languages unknown to her. Because, like, was this little girl from Wisconsin, how does she know all this ancient language? When asked who was possessing her, Anna replied, Many. Okay. So, similar to your story, there's not just one. Mm-hmm. It was believed that Anna was possessed by the disciple Judas, which, maybe those of you who don't know, Judas is one of Jesus' disciples, and he's the one that betrayed Jesus. And told him where Jesus was going to be, so he could go and get crucified. Mm. So uh, Judas was one of them, as well as Anna's father, Jacob. Her, so her own father, her own father, who I'm guessing had passed away at this point, you know, like surely, you right? um, who, who was believed to have cursed her with the help of his lover. What? And excuse uh, so, you know he was a womanizer. Yes. Well, evidently Jacob. Anna's father had been having an affair with her aunt Mina during while like the mother was still alive, and then whenever the mother died, then you know she really they they were
1: more public. So with like that. the mom's sister, yes, okay. the mom's sister, not an not an incest situation.
0: No. <laughs> okay. I mean, still
1: not all right. I mean, either it's way, it's very, way, it's bad. It's
0: very um, Hamlet. Okay, yeah. you know, um. So it's believed that the aunt had helped Jacob curse Anna because the because Anna's aunt had like practiced witchcraft and that they had done this after Anna refused Jacob's sexual advances.
1: Ooh. So like the aunt was like on board with him having sex with his own daughter. I fucking guess. So, Ugh. Ooh. I'm going to go ahead and say it. It's gross. Hot take? (laughs) Not good. So during the
0: exorcism, Anna also spoke in the voice of her aunt. Um, And the aunt did explain that while she was alive, she practiced witchcraft and she had placed this curse on Anna. no. Um, With the demon stating, did not her own father curse us into her? (gasps) after three sessions of exorcisms all lasting several days like they would so they started this in the early fall Mm -hmm. and they'd have a session and then they took a break and then they had another session and then the last session was in December Mm -hmm. and after these three sessions Anna finally she collapsed onto her bed and began to shriek Belzebub oh (laughs) Belzebub excuse me Belzebub Judas Jacob, Mina, hell, 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 my Jesus mercy. Praised be Jesus. And that was the end of the exorcism. And she was she was good? She was just she was good. Now Father Reisinger's exorcism was report again, reportedly successful. And the remainder of Anna's life, she only exhibited milder and quite manageable right. signs of possession.
1: Right. Uh, well, sometimes you've got a chronic illness. You can't get rid of it, but you can manage you it. You can manage it. <laughs> with, with a good, uh, healthy dose of treatment.
0: Yes. Many of the nuns that had been part of this exorcism asked to be
1: transferred to another convent, though. Look, I agree. I would want to get the fuck out of there as well. Yeah, because,
0: uh, I mean, I think that, you know, they probably... Had seen some wild shit because they had to be in the room and they had to be taking care mm-hmm. of Anna
1: during this. They were like, I probably were also. I did not like, sign up
0: for this when I w- moved to Iowa.
1: No, also like in my mind, I would think, okay, these demons. What are they still in this room? Like, what are they just hanging out here, waiting to get into my body? Yeah, that ain't happening. Go. And the convent was eventually demolished in the
0: 1990s. That's probably that's probably for the best. The best. Um, Father Reisinger would become. The world's expert on exorcisms appearing in Time Magazine. Um, and a book called Be Gone Satan, a soul-stirring account of diabolical possession in Iowa, was later published with accounts from the nuns that had actually worked this exorcism. Um, So it was really initially meant to be more like, like a training manual for mm-hmm. priests who were trying to, you know, I guess like... I guess like study exorcisms, yeah. Um, but it actually ended up being published and was sold to the mass to the masses. Um, but Anna's name was changed; it was changed from Schmidt to Auckland. Oh, okay. Um, so that's why you know some people know her for different things, and this was to keep Anna's true identity protected from the public in written accounts. Well,
1: it didn't work. No, why didn't they just completely change it all together? Also, like. How many um, exorcisms of that nature have happened in Iowa? Let's be honest. I'm gonna go ahead and say one with those specific details. (laughs) Yeah. So, some people, you know, obviously
0: there was the belief that Anna's father and aunt cursed her Mm -hmm. and that's why she was possessed. But there's also theories that, you know, she wasn't possessed at all, that this was, that she just had experienced a lot of trauma. Her father, uh, t- you know, trying to sexually abuse her, or did sexually abuse her, and then her mother dying mm-hmm. kind of triggered this sort of um, mental break. Which to me, that's kind of what it sounds like. Because she, it's odd to say that like her father is possessing her. Like she's saying, "My father is the one that mm-hmm. casts this upon me." So I could see, like you know
1: this sort of trauma maybe manifesting in this manner um but what do you think well i was finding it weird i feel like when you curse somebody like you can curse them but i feel like just like bad shit would happen or like you know what is it in practical magic Mm -hmm. if you you know get with a boy then he'll die Mm -hmm. but i feel like did you finally watch practical i (laughs) did i finally watched it it was free on amazon prime so if anybody's wondering if you have amazon prime it's free on there you don't have to pay for it but I feel like I don't think of a curse. Look, I don't really think the demons in hell are going to just let any old body in Iowa say, Hi, I'd like a favor. I'm going to curse somebody, but I want you to do the bidding for me. That just seems like that's not a good transaction. Yeah, In the like legal contracts, that is not a bargain for exchange. I do not. The demons do not want what's in their box. <laughs> but yeah, that just doesn't seem... It just doesn't seem like something that um, Satan would really want to deal with. It just seems too, seems too petty.
0: You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and it just seems odd that, like, to me, I could, I could almost believe, you know, you did curse her, you did invite a demon to possess her, but in that regard, it doesn't make sense that you,
1: the aunt, and the father would also be possessing her. Yeah, it doesn't seem like the demons would let them, like, take control either. Because mm-hmm. it almost seems like they're, like, we're here, and we get a band of demons behind us. We're leading the pack. They don't seem like the top to lead no. the pack. I mean, Adolf Hitler's in hell, and he was a bad fucking dude, and the demons don't even want nothing to do with his ass. So, I don't think these two just, like, I don't know, messed up people from a little town in America are gonna... I don't think they're leading the pack of demons, I'm gonna be honest. Wow.
0: You don't? mm
1: well, I don't. I don't either. <laughs>
0: well but that is the story of Anna Auckland or Anna Schmidt it was kind of short but I found it interesting and um a more upbeat exorcism story (laughs) at least she was kind of okay at the end yeah because I just feel like you know with some of these they they do suffer just awful deaths um and I mean it does say that it was violent but there's also not much documented on this specific Mm -hmm. exorcism so you
1: know I didn't have to read god-awful details i would also say with the, the like lasting effects the like mild lasting effects to me that sounds more like a uh ptsd yeah or like a sl- uh, seems more mental illness than. Mm-hmm. i don't think you can have a mild lasting possession i don't really know if it would work that way i don't know but i don't know enough about it you know what let us know let us know if you think these cases were possession mental illness a little mixture make sure of both just really hella religious people. If you've been, if you have been possessed, if you please are let family, us know, <laughs> if you or anyone in your family has been afflicted by demonic possession, you may be entitled to financial compensation. <laughs> yes, thank you for that story. You
0: are welcome. Thank you for your story. And You're welcome. Thank you for listening, everyone.
1: And before you turn it off, because I know some of y'all will turn it off before we, you know, get to the the Instagram handles and stuff next week we're doing witches witches bitches and you've got to come back because this is my passion project okay I am not a witch expert but god I love them I just love them I love the history of it so my story may be a little history heavy but listen I loved the crucible
0: it was one of the only books that I read in high school and actually (laughs) read like I didn't read the spark notes because I was so interested in it um, and also Winona Ryder's in the Crucible movie, and she's awesome.
1: Well, all I know is that one year for Halloween, we've got to take a trip to Salem.
0: Yes, we've got to. We've got to. I really wanted to do it this year, but Corona. Corona.
1: Um, when I graduate law school and I have a real job, oh then we'll go. <laughs> God. Yes. Because, you know, I've been twice, but always during the summer. Yeah, I want to go in the
0: fall when the leaves are changing. Maybe uh-huh. we'll see the Sanderson sisters.
1: I don't know. We'll
0: go dress as them and just
1: summon them. Yeah. Um, what else was I gonna say? Oh, oh. rate and review us on Apple Podcasts for the love of God, please. It helps us get more listeners, I do believe. Or it just makes us look good when somebody goes and sees our page and they see a bunch of reviews. i are like, oh my gosh, these gals are professionals. When I tell people at work
0: that I have a podcast and they go look at it, I want them to see that I got good ratings. I don't want you roasting the hell out of me on Apple Podcasts and then I look bad in front of my new co-workers.
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't want to look bad either.
0: Yeah. Well, if you really want me to look good, you'll also follow us on Instagram at gonna sound weird pod. Or you could also follow us on Twitter and
1: do uh gonna sound weird and we now also have a facebook group facebook group which you can join and nobody will see what you post in there and but you do need to be careful because the other day i tried to post something in the group (laughs) and i accidentally posted it to my actual facebook page thank god sydney caught it because it was about murder (laughs) yes she was like what do y'all think of this and i was like i screenshotted
0: i said did you mean to send this to the group or put on your face and she was like oh god no but it's really fun in there we post a lot of memes post some memes uh we post uh you know articles about different cases that are going on right now in real time
1: kind of chat about that feel free to you know get active in there get on it in there get on in in there you answer a few questions are not hard i promise you will know the answers and there's really no right answers anyway, so just come on down. It's a fun time. We'll let you in as long as we don't think
0: you'll hack us and steal That's our true. identities. That's true. But thank you for listening. If you have any weird stories, feel free to email us at this is going to sound weird at gmail.com because you know, we love to read them. We love to read them, and every last Wednesday of the month, we have a Weird Wednesday episode, and we could read your we'll read your story if you'd like us to. We will. And if you want to be anonymous, just say it. Just say, it. I want to be anonymous. And that was that was fun. That was fun. That's our episode. Um Stay Weird. Stay weird. Okay, bye. All right, goodbye.